This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and joined by returning guest, whom is an actor, producer, and writer. You can catch her doing her thing all over LA, stand-up comedian, Cynthia Brazil. How are you today, Cynthia? I'm very good. I'm excited because I'm, I'm packing for a vacation in um, Puerto Rico and Miami, and I get to perform in Miami as well, so it's going to be my first time performing in Miami. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, I, I, I want to get to that. But we are not alone. We are also joined by another returning guest whom recently has been nominated for a Juno and has been seen all over Canadian television. One of Canada's hottest comics, Kyle Brownrig. <laughs> High praise indeed. All over Canada. All over Canadian television. Right? That's, that's next step Hollywood, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, how about this? Let's get this perspective. Cynthia, what do you guys think about down there about Canadian television? Do you guys think it's a joke? Is it like how the CFL is to the NFL? <laughs> so here, here's the thing. There's there's two point of views, right? I'm from Brazil, and I have a sister that lives in Canada. So That's I right. love Canadians. For me, and Brazilians, where I, I I see us as the Switzerland of South America. So we're impartial. We love everyone, you know. But but Americans, not so much. <laughs> Americans. Uh, every time I've spoken to Americans, they don't, they don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't care at all about Canada. Like I, I'm going to be as polite as I can. I'm going to be as uh, Switzerland as I can, but yeah, no. <laughs> I do. I love Canada, but not America. I love that this is part of my intro. This is wonderful. Um, <laughs> I would say this is basically the most glamorous okay. um, intro I've ever had on a podcast. Oh. Um, celebrating comedians. This is why. He's <laughs> from Canada. What do you think? I mean, Americans don't give a shit. <laughs> but you know what? It's true. I mean, fair enough, right? Like, I don't know what's going on in, like, I, like let's say Mexican television. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't care. Do you know, like, that's fair enough. American media is, is kind of what we have up here. But, like, um, it's funny. There's so many Canadians that go to the States to become famous, but we blend in because... I think Americans think that we all sound like, oh, hey, how's it going, eh? Like, we have these weird <laughs> accents, but, like, some, some do, Alberta. Um, but, like, I could blend in and walk among you, and I don't think you would notice. <laughs> no, it, it, it's so true. Well, okay, how about this? The Junos. Obviously, I don't think Cynthia knows what the Junos are. So, for our American listeners, can you explain to them what the Junos are and why this is such a high-regard honor to, to be nominated for such an award? Uh, well, the Junos are the Canadian version of the Grammys, sort of, um, and 
it's an honor to be nominated because I'm a stand-up comedian. Nobody cares about stand-up comedy. So to be able to sit at the kids' table is nice. Um, Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody cares about, like, the Grammy Award for Best Comedy Album, even though every year they do have it. And some people, the only time that you hear about it is when somebody wins that people think shouldn't have won, but still, like, you get to say you were a Grammy nominee, but for a stand-up comic to be recognized in a major industry-level, like, tiered judge voting system, to be recognized, um, it's a big deal. And especially since there's so many comics with so many albums last year, you know, to make it to the top five, it's, like, it's right. pretty exciting. I know, like, uh, I'm, again, Cynthia, you probably don't know this, but the Canadian comedy scene, right, especially in, in Ontario alone, is booming. Like, Toronto alone, it seems like a new comedy club is popping up on every corner. Like, I could probably name you, like, five to six alone that are pretty much almost sold out every night. And it's it's just crazy what, it, it, the slowness of what the pandemic caused, but now that everything's back to normal-ish, people seem like they want to come out even more, and they want comedy and I, I don't know if that translated down there in, in the states as well is, is it true so uh, about the juno i don't know no i'm kidding uh, <laughs> I, 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 I performed i'm sorry i performed in montreal i know if you guys don't consider us Canada, they're not nice no, we do yes we do. <laughs> I, 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 no, I honestly i love canadians because you guys are extremely polite and like in Montreal, it's more like the ha ha ha. But like, uh, the comedy was amazing there. When I got to perform, uh, I visited there well, the first time. It was just like a small venue. The second time, I, I performed in three venues, and it was amazing. And also, you guys hold the. Um, it's kind of like a Coachella for comedy in Montreal. Is it June? What's it called? It's huge. But just for laughs. So yeah, so like, so if you are like a serious comedian, then you know of uh, Canadian comedy. If you're just an uh, American person, a, a regular person, you don't. But if you're a comedian, you do, and you respect Canadian comedy. Yeah, just for laughs is kind of the seal of approval in North American comedy, anyway, for sure. Um, I have a Just for Laughs comedy special that is now available on Crave, streaming everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and again, for our American listeners, Crave is like, I guess, our version of Canadian HBO. Is that fair? It would be like their... It, it's like our movie and TV streaming platform. I wouldn't say Netflix, because we have Netflix in Canada, obviously, but right. it's like... If Bell had Netflix, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I guess. Again, people are like, what's Bell? (laughs) Taco Bell? (laughs) Bell is like like Verizon. So like a peacock? Yes, exactly. Actually, yeah, that's fair. Because we don't have peacock up here. So yeah, that's fair. I know. How do you watch Saturday Night Live? On global. It's a a channel called Global. It's Canadian. So, like, yeah. all the major, like, you're, like we have our top three, like, how you guys have your top three, I guess, n- broadcasts, right, n- networks that we watch. Actually, four, I guess, if you want to include CBC, but, you know, that's that's the forgetting stepchild sometimes up here. But it's the same thing. So, we whatever you guys get on those three channels, we get up here on those three channels. It's, so, that's how it works. So, to all the people in the States, now you got a little history of... <laughs> Canadian television and broadcasting. Yeah, Canada, the syllabus, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Other than the Junos, my friend Kyle, you've also still putting out It Gets Bitter at the Comedy Bar. How has this been going? How has it been progressing? And how long has it been going for? What, a few years now, right? Technically, I created it in like 2018. Um, For anybody listening, It Gets Bitter is a monthly show that I run at Comedy Bar, one of the main comedy clubs in the city. Uh, It's the third Saturday of every month. And um, it originally was marketed as LGBTQ friendly show but then i just kind of thought that was stupid because i think every show should be lgbtq friendly sure. like <laughs> everybody should feel welcome so i just um i i kept the slogan it gets bitter which was a playoff of the campaign like it gets better yeah. it does but you just get bitter so that's kind of what it was 
what it's called, but it's just a monthly stand-up comedy show where we bring in some of the top comics in the country and we put on a really, really great show. It sells out all the time. And last mm -hmm. month, we actually had an American comic on. Uh, he He's a contributor for The Onion. Um, his name is Kirby Darius. Very, very funny guy. Um, and yeah, every month we always have like a fantastic headliner and third, third Saturday every month, downtown Toronto Comedy Bar. If you're in the area, buy tickets. I love money. <laughs> and i can contest it is a great show i've been a couple of times myself so you'll leave there obviously satisfied and laughing your ass off so yeah check out those great shows cynthia so you said you're going to puerto rico you're going to miami vacation performing now have you ever been to puerto rico in miami is Puerto Rico is my first time. I'm going there for uh, for a friend's wedding, and then I'm going to Miami for a bachelorette party. So oh, um, on Saturday, I'll be able to sneak out to, to do a show. But I have a problem and many blessings at the same time, which what's happening is bookers are trying to book for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I can't be selfish because it's, you know, my friend's bachelorette party. So Saturday, I'm going to perform. And hopefully, they're way too hungover to do anything on Sunday. And I get to perform. <laughs> right. Hopefully. <laughs> they probably will be if it's a bachelorette in Miami. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they go hard. So, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> That's How about this? Have either one of you ever performed at a bachelor or bachelorette party? I mean, I think every weekend show oh, in no. Canada, in downtown Toronto, is a bachelorette party <laughs> every single time. Fair point. Um, they're kind of nightmares, and I'm, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I would I would say, do they ever shut up? Because, yeah. like, if, if they drink a lot, and it's, like, a lot of women, they're, they're not going to be that self-aware, you know, so... And then when you call them on it, um, and then when the crowd is, like, applauding, being like, yeah, like, shut up, and then they still don't get it, I, I that's where I'm like, if a room of people was, like, clapping for me to shut up, like, <laughs> right? I would be so embarrassed. But there's this thing where it's, like, when groups of white women get together yeah. as, like... A horde of white, as a bachelorette, it's like, uh, there's this impenetrable wall of shame. I don't know what, I don't know. Yeah, 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 that's correct. <laughs> I've only done it once. I've only done it once, and it was exactly that. Like, everyone else was asking that. And, like, the, the host, the owner, literally everyone asked them politely, please, we have a show. Wow. And they just went, bra, 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 bra. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It was terrible. They don't listen. They don't care. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what's not bad is that the listeners, if you want to support the show, please go check out First Row Collectibles at firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20 to receive 20% off. They got a ton of stuff from all the major sporting leagues, old school comic books, wrestling memorabilia, anything you need or want, they got it. Best thing is they ship worldwide. Even better, they update daily. So please visit them at firstrow.ca. And if you're into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Metal Gear Solid, World of War, Craft, Super Mario Brothers 3, and so many others. Everything you see on their website is available in paperback and ebook format. So please check them out at bossfightbooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down onto today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. Takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs. Anything you need or want, it is there. But the easiest thing, the freest thing, the best thing to do to support the show each and every week is rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Okay, so I want to talk about American Nightmare. I've been dying to talk about this series, this True Crime Doc, Netflix, Phenomenon, whatever you want to name it. It's been eating at me because there's so many perspectives, there's so many things that could happen. But before we get into that, are you both into True Crime Docs? I'll let Cynthia answer first. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Way to go to throw me on the bus. <laughs> I honestly, I think I'm the only woman in the world that 
is not really interesting. Because oh. the, the reason why is I have a very, very visual mind. And I get really scared. I will watch it every now and then. Sure. But anything. And, like, I have those visual nightmares where people follow me to kill me. Oh, so, shit. like, I, I prefer comedy before going to bed. But if it's not before going to bed, I know I'm a pussy. Uh, I, I will watch it. I, I like them. I really, really like them because I like the thriller and being, and being there and watching the stuff going on. But it, it, it haunts me in bed later on. Yeah. Okay, well, I for me, like, true crime, uh, basically, I kind of feel the same way that Cynthia does. It's like, I, I'm very, um, <laughs> surprises a lot of people, but I'm a very empathetic person because I have, like, an anxiety disorder, and people with anxiety tend to have, like, increased sense of empathy, and they can kind of put themselves into other people's shoes easier because they're always so like nervous and freaked out about yep. you know what other people might think of them or whatever and so when you when you watch any kind of movie if it's like a drama or a comedy it's like you feel it very intensely because you try to put yourself into somebody else's shoes I don't want to do that for like a murder documentary <laughs> I don't want to put myself in their <laughs> shoes I don't want to think like what would I be thinking if 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 I had uh, if I if the blood was draining from my body and I only had seconds left to live, I don't want to. I don't like thinking about that kind of sure. stuff. Um, but I would say that like Dateline like has some pretty good episodes like okay. here and there. But like I do think that people's fascination with like murder and like the term murder porn we need to relax. Right. I think it is getting a little out of control and people's obsession with it. I think it's I think it's unhealthy. So I think like once in a while it's like how i feel about musicals i don't really care for musicals and you're like hmm, but you're gay homophobe but literally, <laughs> but literally i don't i don't really care for for musicals um but like once in a while you know there's a musical that comes along that everybody watches like right. rocky horror picture show or sure. like la la land or or frozen or like you know what i mean and it's like okay fine like i'll watch it because it's like everyone's talking about it like I'll, I'll, I'll check it out but no i don't like do like a deep dive into true crime because frankly it scares the shit out of me you know i'm the same way it's not that it scares the shit well it does because it's something that could actually happen so it's not that just someone created it and it's never going to happen but it's more that it's, it's so depressing. It's it's like I don't like how Cynthia was saying. I don't want to be upset. I don't want to be depressed before going to bed. I don't want to watch something and not feel good. Especially now, I'm like in my mid forties. I'm done with being scared and all that. Even though I still love my horror movies, but that's because again, I know they're fake, so I know it's not. But tell me to watch like something like The Exorcist or these other type of horrors that are like truly based. It's like nah, I'm out. Like I I, I don't need to watch that shit now and this time of my life, but. Yeah, but I'm the same way. I, I do. Oh, yes. The Exorcist is is what? Absolutely. Oh. Oh, I think you cut out there. Yeah, I did. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> see, see, you mocked the Exorcist, and he and he disappeared. <laughs> There's the sun. <laughs> it's spooky. Don't play with a Ouija board tonight. So there will there will be consequences. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so, but uh, yeah, so I, I stay away from s sort of those type of movies and stuff, right? But again, it's it's the ones that everyone talks about, like everyone talked about this one. What was the that other one? Not Tiger King, the other one that came out before that, Making a Murderer. That was another huge one, and I ended up watching it just because everyone was talking about it. So if I guess if people are talking about it, why not? But yeah, no, I don't see like how you said, this murder porn type thing, it's like... No, I'm good. Like, even back in the day, Unsolved Mysteries, that scared the shit out of me. Like, get that, even just a song alone, get that away from me. But. Yeah, but you know that with Unsolved Mysteries, like, first of all, every single episode, the host was, like, standing in, like, an abandoned train station with, like, a million lit candelabras. Like, it was, like, a vampire lair like, talking about all of these murders oh. in, like, great detail. You're like, you did it. Like, for sure. Like, you, he 100% right? did all of the things. He's so creepy and terrifying. And yeah, no, Unsolved Mysteries, yeah, it's, it's, it's terrifying, but, like, he did it. That's the, that's the big mystery solved. Right? There's the whole conspiracy theory. Imagine if there's conspiracy theorists back then. They probably would have solved it quicker. Yeah, it's... Oh. Uh, so it kinda, it's kind of similar to Tiger Queen, huh? In that sense. Because they, they filmed the documentary and then... 
Yeah. Yeah. He thought he was gonna he was gonna be actually the Tiger King. It was just gonna be like for for PR and stuff and then Carol Baskin screwed it up for him. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness. Okay, so American Nightmare. Okay, Cynthia, I know you didn't watch this. There's only three parts. Um, obviously there's going to be spoilers and like you said, you don't really watch this. So I guess you're not going to go and delve into it, but I want to get your perspective as someone who's going to just listen to, I guess me, me and Kyle talk about it and just to see if this is true, if it's conspiracy, if it's whatnot, cause I had no idea going in about the story. I don't know if you checked it out before Kyle, I went in fresh. I'm like, I want to know nothing before and I want to come to my own conclusion because if I'm going to watch something, I want to at least have fun with it type of thing. So did you know anything about the American Nightmare story beforehand. So I heard people talking about it on uh, various podcasts that I listened to about pop culture. Okay. Um, but I wasn't, I was like not really paying attention that closely. And from what I understood, it was like Gone Girl. So I, like the police, just kind of wrote it off as such. And then when I actually watched it, the amount of dumb bitchery that was going on in right. this police department at the Vallejo, uh, whatever fucking the poli- first of all, there should be disciplinary action right? taken toward his, his name is Andrew Badu. He was the police chief. Yeah. And I'm going to call him Andrew Bidet because that's what you clean your ass with. And that just seems appropriate because it's an insult. And that's what we're going to call him now. But what a piece of shit. Right. Seriously, like literally the definition of victim blaming and the fact that they won the settlement for $2.5 million against the Vallejo Police Department, not only story and public um, uh, defamation was completely... Uh, valid because they they won this case but then that also goes to show that as paid police officers they were not doing their jobs so if they had to pay that 2.5 million dollar lawsuit why is there not other disciplinary action taken toward these piece of shit cops also they could have prevented that second rape from happening yes and they just simply didn't because they didn't turn his phone on when he said that the kidnappers were going to call like do you need to be a police officer to fucking like turn on or turn off a phone when somebody says a kidnapper is calling whether it's true or not and you can't even like the amount of dumb bitchery, like it was so infuriating watching this documentary. It was. It was. It, but I think it, it's the whole purpose of documentaries, right? They they want to infuriate you because in anything, you only attract uh, people's attention if it's drama. It could be politics. It could be sure. uh, artists. It could be the the red carpet. Nobody's gonna say, "Oh, you know, J Lo is such a good person. What a beautiful dress." Nobody gives shit. But if it's something outrageous, and I, I feel like that's why maybe they even maximize what's going on just to get you that pissed off so you talk about it so there's podcasts and like we're here to talk about it. Yes. Well, you, <laughs> well, that's true. Very true. Yeah. No, it's so true. And even the way they break it down, for someone like myself who had no idea, because I stayed away from all the spoilers. Anytime anyone talked about it, fast forward, I'll listen to it after. Because again, three episodes, you fly through this. You could watch this in one sitting if you want. And the way it starts off is great, hook, line, and sinker. And it's like the main guy character, his girlfriend. So the main guy is Aaron. And his girlfriend was uh, Denise or was it Andrea? I always get those The girlfriend confused. was Denise. Denise. Okay. So her girl, his girlfriend, Denise, got abducted while they were sleeping at night. Men came in. They grabbed her, took her away. They gagged them, said pretty much, you can't do anything. We're watching you. If you call the police, we'll kill her. And then that's how it pretty much starts off. So then it starts off with the perspective of Aaron. And it never shows Denise ever pretty much in the first episode until the end. So you're sort of led to believe that she might be dead if you if you don't know the story. So again, hook, line, and sinker goes in. And then the way they were narrating it, it almost seemed like Aaron was at fault at the beginning because they were trying to point the finger at him. Again, this is all from perspective of the police department too. And you hate that bidet guy. My motherfucker that I hate the most out of this was that stupid piece of shit, Matt Mustard. He was another guy that I just wanted to throttle. And it's like, fuck, if if I was playing Clue, Mustard did it. Put him in fucking jail right now. Get out of here. And like like the questions and the insinuation, and you could just tell, like you see, like, I, I don't know what it was, like not evilness, but just this aura of him 
being like better than than Aaron and trying to make it seem like he was at fault without even knowing the whole story. Infuriated. He was Nancy. He was Nancy Grace in that it was just wild accusations. Right. He would just he would just scream out like you did it. You murdered her. You did this. Why are you doing that? Blah blah blah. And it's like I don't know if you're trying to get him to admit it, and that's like a technique or something that they're taught. I, think I don't so. know, but you can clearly tell from his reaction that it's he's incredibly upset and he's telling the truth. But the one thing also, I don't think you need to be like a crime or true detective expert it's the fact that every time that what's his name aaron recounted what happened there were never any holes in his story he consistently told the same story over and over and over again and in all of these true crime whatevers that's always the thing that they try to catch people in and it's usually the most common way that they can tell is because somebody will be like well i thought you said this like oh and then they backpedal but that never took place um and yeah that that mustard guy at the end of it they were like oh he received like a big promotion after this got like awarded a medal and you're like what like it, it anyway i actually did some research after the fact and this vallejo police department is currently being investigated for five other lawsuits. Shit. And the chief of police, the guy who was Andrew Bidet, as I've been calling him because he's a piece of shit, he uh, was, he, he, he retired. Oh. Mm. Yeah, he, mm, he suddenly retired. Uh, but how old was this guy? Like 50, 55? You know, I don't, right? I don't know how old police, I don't know what the common age is that they retire, but that seems a little soon. And then uh, this police department, if you just do like a quick YouTube, there are so many issues with this police department. So I don't know what the fuck is going on in in Vallejo, but they need maybe either sensitivity training or maybe just some job training because it clearly doesn't seem like they know what the fuck they're doing. And those poor, the Denise and Aaron, like how terrifying to know that like you are a victim of a horrible crime and then you are potentially going to jail for it. <laughs> like what? Like that doesn't make any, f- imagine you got raped and then you went to jail for 40 years for it because you were raped. Like that is the That's exactly opposite what of the justice system. Yeah. It's fucked. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. And, and again, that first episode hook, line and sinker. And then towards the end, you hear finally a recording from Denise for a proof of life and she sound again playing the perspective of maybe Aaron did it because she sounded so calm. Now they're trying to insinuate that they're both involved in this because why would she be so calm when she's sending a recording? Why doesn't she sound more panicked if she's been held up, if she's been raped? But then we get into episode two and you see Denise. So she obviously got away from all this, well, obviously not unscathed. But now you start hearing her side of the story and what happened to her, how she got kidnapped. So in a nutshell, she gets kidnapped by three men. They take her to some some house in the woods. And one guy is pretty much taking care of her the whole time. He ends up telling her that he needs to have sex with her on video just in case she says anything. That's what they're going to use to blackmail her with. And then it ends up happening twice. So he ends up raping her twice. And But the worst part is the second time he told her she has to seem like she's enjoying it for the video. So it was this whole thing about... And, and then in the end, he was. they found out that he was military. And then not only on that... Apparently, they kidnapped the wrong woman because they wanted Aaron's ex, who was also the ex of that guy, what, special agent, uh, what, what's his called? Fucking, I forgot his name. Aaron uh, Sesma, Sesma, that guy Sesma, from, from the FBI. So now the FBI is involved on this. Disgusting. That's disgusting. Right? Also, it just makes you wonder because there are people, like for me, if I watch a movie, a regular movie, I was watching a movie with my friend. Uh, like a independent movie, and there was a rape scene, and I couldn't watch it. I'm like, I'm gonna leave the room. You sure. watch it, because this for me is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And my friend was like, Oh, it doesn't bother me. And then it, it started like making me think, like, how many people get turned on from this fucking shit? Right. That's that's what's and that's scary. Disgusting. It's kind of like you're promoting that. You know, you're getting more audience to get into it, and even put shit in other people's heads. It's like, oh, it's on TV. Oh, you got away with it. I could get away with it too. You know, I'm also in America. The problem is, problem is, I don't know if you guys were, were paying attention to it. I don't know if it was 2020 or 2021. 
they were talking about abortion. And when it was in Alabama, they were discussing what if you give rape, you don't get to abort. And then some dipshit, we should be friends with the BJ, he says, he says, he says, well, why don't you just open your legs, relax and enjoy it? Oh my God. That's the fucking kind of mindset. And nobody talks shit about it. That's something. I'm going to divert just a little bit. Go for just it. for a minute on the subject. Why don't we talk about shit like this? And we cancel comedians for talking shit. We're just really, we're basically reporters. We relate the news. But we relate the news with a grain of salt in a shot of tequila, if you will. <laughs> but we're not doing anything. The doers are in the world. And the doers are getting away. It seems like it's like Rome Empire and the politics of the, 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 yep. the bread in the circus. It's all the same shit. No, you're right. I I do think that um, I kind of make a joke in my stand up about how uh, it's like, depending on the community that you're speaking to or who the audience is, like you'll you'll make a joke and somebody will be like, that's assault, you know, and you're literally you're and you just hear like sirens in the distance. and You're like, what? Like Ah. the, the way that people regard comedians as like what's the word like soldiers that are committing war crimes and you're like it's just it's meant to be um a joke that being said though you know sometimes when a comic is just on stage like just being an asshole like fine just don't book them again and just like you know what i mean but there's this sense of justice that people need to go on this this journey of like i can't let this go and i need to ruin this person's life it's like okay so then you're an asshole too right because like you want to ruin someone's life like that's what an asshole does yeah 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 absolutely absolutely instead if you want to be you know a vigilante and you want to change the world go to the root of the problem you know if there's like if you're if you're worried about like the abortion you go you go to alabama and go talk to those fuckers and i i want to see how you're gonna handle it because people these people are just brave on their you know like no picture like 69 on the internet try to do something live not ruin people we're just making fun of the reality we're not causing the reality you know mm-hmm. no absolutely no it, it's it's we live in a very weird a very weird time and i think in the next like five to ten years maybe we'll kind of figure out like a middle ground i hope so (laughs) because we truly have to it's we can't keep going you know like this no we can't Um, well i noticed a little bit of like scaling it a bit like even in comedy like you see more people laughing towards like the more like race eccentric jokes, whereas before it would be crickets because everyone's scared to laugh. Because if you laugh, you're you're oh you're laughing at that. That means you're a racist. And it's like, well, no, it's an observation and it's a joke, right? So yeah. it's sort of lightening up a bit. Yeah, a bit. It depends what country you're in. To be honest with you, I That's mean, I have been to shows in America, and to be honest with you, I think in America people are kind of like. Well, well, America is a two-party system, so it's, it's you have like kind of extremes on each end. Where Canada is kind of like a, a there's a lot of ideas and a lot of different, and so I I personally find specifically Toronto specifically very precious, mm. um, very sensitive. Yes, and you have to be very careful with your words. Yes, in Toronto, but a city like Ottawa. Um, for any Americans listening, Ottawa is the like the DC of Canada, where mm-hmm. we have our parliament and our, all the politics and everything happen there. Um, it's very balanced. It's a mix of conservative and liberal, and the comedy clubs there. Like you can say things that are kind of edgy and kind of offensive, and you can kind of get away with it. Where I would say Toronto is extremely left, extremely liberal, yeah. and yeah, I find people are. Um, more ready to want to cancel somebody and be upset about something and cry about something in Toronto or something like that. It, it does depend where, where you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. LA is like super like that. I Montreal, everyone was talking about everything. It was fine. Uh, in Sydney, Australia, super chill. Everyone is so cool. Actually very supportive uh, comedy community as well, which you don't really get in LA. 
Uh, Las Vegas was really cool about it too. But LA, I think it's like very sensitive towards all, all these matters. But then again, like you're not defeating racism. You should go again, go to a racist state and try to make a change. Don't try to make people feel guilty for cracking jokes right? here and there. It's terrible. You're, we're losing. Give just a solid um, to Cynthia for joining us because my manager was supposed to be on this call and discussing this uh, podcast, uh, Jake Hirsch, but he hates me. Uh, <laughs> <so> he decided <laughs> to not show. Um, and Cynthia actually graciously joined mm. us, having no idea what this docu-series or true crime is. Um, so I'm gonna just I'm gonna give a round of applause to Cynthia for participating in this and 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 part because we're like we bring her in she has no idea and then me and Steve are like rape she's like what is this <laughs> so literally so literally just thank you Cynthia for being part of this. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome filling in for my manager <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny well anyways to tie this all together the the final part was literally how she ended up leaving well the, towards the end of the second part she escaped they dropped her off she didn't really escape they just dropped her off and then she went and just showed up at home so again they found that weird and they kept pushing all oh, you guys did it he ended up failing uh, a lie detector test as well i think it's because the guy was so nervous like literally poor guy was shaking and he didn't know what was going on but and then thank god what was her name that um that uh not special agent where was she from uh Oh right, from from Dublin like a county, like way the fuck out. She was from just a woman, literally doing her job, has to solve the case for them in a different city, and she ends up doing it. But also, by the way, you said that he failed the lie detector test. Yeah. No, in the actual case file, it was inconclusive. That's right. And then the FBI guy said, "Oh, you failed it." Like basically, like coercing him into. Um, giving a uh, confession to something that he didn't even do. That's which, true. Uh, what's that called when, like, you set somebody up? Isn't that illegal? Like, is, you can't. Isn't it entrapment? Entrapment. You can't do that. That's illegal. Of course. There's a whole movie about it. It's a great movie too. Go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the in the in the end, uh, also. Okay, so two things that were never explained. The initial intended victim which was aaron's ex thank you why was it her yeah you know why, why her they never they they there was never a reason that was explained for that nope. also um the other men that were involved with this kidnapper and rapist matthew muller mm -hmm. there were other men involved and they just never pursued it they were like, oh, okay, well, we got one of them, and yeah. they just gave up. It, it makes no sense. It doesn't. I mean, and like you said, it's so true, uh, up, up the state line. was uh, uh, Detective Caruso, that was her name. She's the one who ended up helping and solved this mm -hmm. case, like how many miles away, because someone else ended up getting kidnapped, and it was the same thing because she read that other story from Vallejo. So she's like, oh, two and two, it's the same guy. And she literally solved it in, what, a month or so or less than a month while these people <laughs> had no idea what was... But I, you know what? Here's my conspiracy thing. I think it, it had to do something with that FBI agent because it was also his ex. And if this was happening with military people, I think this was some sort of side gig that people were doing to pay a group of people to just kidnap women when they do them wrong or something because they think they have this power. Wait, so are you sure that the FBI agent had something to do with Aaron's ex? I positive. I'm sure he put out the hit for her, but then didn't even realize that they weren't together anymore and had like old info. And then these guys just went there thinking that she was going to be there. And then they're like, well, it's got to be her. And then they end up finding out it's the wrong one. And like, oh, too late now. So... Oh my god, that would be okay. American Nightmare Part Two. <laughs> there you go. I just solved it. That's, that's <laughs> I solved it. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't they just wow. delve more into that? Because 
I was waiting for more, even at the end, I was waiting maybe for some credits saying that this, this, and that. And it's like, they just glossed over that, that that FBI agent Sesma was his ex, her ex, which was also Aaron's ex. And it's like, why is no one like going down this path? Like what's going on? So there has to be involvement at the police level to even the FBI level. Like, come on. No, I think God, I'm Canadian because they can't do nothing to me. So, (laughs) (laughs) but they got their $2.5 million. Frankly, I think it should have been more. And they moved out of where the Vallejo or whatever this island that starts with the letter M, I can't remember. They moved away because, yeah, you don't feel safe. How could you ever feel safe again in a county that is going to send you to jail That's the other for thing. being kidnapped and raped? Like, I, it, it makes no sense. It's, it's completely absurd. And this so is they again sent what her to jail? They were going to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like, how is it that there was not disciplinary action taken towards the police department? It just doesn't make, there's so many questions. It doesn't make sense. No, it it doesn't. So, or maybe that's what it is. Maybe they do want to come out with a part two and they save that part for part two. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Well, I have been following it. Oh, okay. It it just says they settled um, in court and, there's a lot of issues with the, but it just, yeah, like, I don't think anything's going to happen. Like, maybe it's, like, small town California, and, like, people don't give a shit. Like, I don't know. Could be. Who knows at this point? Who knows? But, yeah, it, it's a fantastic series. Again, if you want to get frustrated, <laughs> if, if you don't have faith in the, in the police department, go watch this show because it's right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> But I just feel sorry for the I both of them. I'll go to side. I think they should just hire Latina women to be the detectives because we can find shit out of <laughs> everyone, anything, anytime. And we would interrogate any, could be a terrorist, a terrorist, and we will find anything about him, his brother, his cousin, you know. That's really funny that you say that because the woman that solved it, I'm pretty sure that she's like Latina yeah. because she literally, she literally said, she's like, I am like, cause she kept trying to call the police department in Vallejo, but they wouldn't answer. She's like, I am that girl where like, I'm the crazy ex-girlfriend. She's like, I will call you a hundred <laughs> times a day. And she did. And that's how she got a hold of them. Like mm. she was so persistent. So yeah, I think there's truth in what you're saying. That's awesome. I do. oh my god that is hilarious but yeah again a frustrating show but again a great watch nice and short i'm starting to like these more short documentaries instead of like the long form 10 episodes or even like a long two hour because at least you could break it up and you could come back and watch it but uh even though even though it's not i guess because now it's like you said it's labeled as porn but what other guilty pleasures are there in TV wise that you guys enjoy? You like like your reality shows? Do you like your dating shows? Like, what's your jam when it comes to guilty pleasures? Um, I don't know if I don't really know if I have guilty pleasures. Um, okay. Because, uh, like, why are you trying to shame me? Oh God! <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't really know if I have guilty pleasures except maybe sometimes when i watch shows from like the 2000s okay. um uh, like the really dark offensive humor that i oh. like will still kind of laugh at got you mm-hmm. yeah maybe that's guilty pleasure but otherwise not i don't really have guilty pleasure viewing i don't know like what do you define as like guilty pleasure well, like i'm curious i don't know i guess anything that people wouldn't think that you would watch i guess does that make sense? Well, like, okay, well, I'm going to give it to Cynthia because I feel like... Um, so, I mean, uh, a lot of sketches, you know, like Saturday Night Live, but, like, I write, you know, I, I, I take classes of writing for sketch comedy, so that's not so much, but, okay, I'll give you an example. You know, one of those days, like, Sunday, you're hungover, I call it suicidal Sundays, that you don't want to use any brain cells at all you're just like you know i don't know if you have one of those then i will put something that is extremely dumb that i'm just gonna laugh and judge people because when you're hungover 
you just have energy to judge people, you know? So, like, too hot to handle and all that stuff. I will go. laugh my ass off to see that. Why is that shit on TV, you know? Right. But right. that's my guilty pleasure. If I'm, like, extremely hungover, then I'll watch a really, really dumb show. So, I've always... But, like, what, like what's a dumb better show? better about myself. Uh, too Hot to Handle, um, Fuckboy Island, those, those, uh, like, uh, Like all those dating shows. shows. You know? Yeah. I'm talking about Fuckboy fuck Island, not the Epstein Island. Uh, oh, God. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> but um, boom. <laughs> That's Fuck Little Boy Island. Oh. Ah! Um. <laughs> Jesus. Or the Vatican, the Vatican, yes. That's oh. right, that's very true. <laughs> that's that's very another uh, If there's any Catholics online, I'm going to be a Brazilian barbecue right now. Well, oh, do you know what? No, okay, I think I do have an answer. I do okay. have an answer for a guilty pleasure for because fun. I don't watch any of the Housewives because all of those women just irritate me. Right. Um, Jennifer Lawrence said it's such a funny thing on a red carpet. She's like, we love the Housewives because they have perfect mental health issues that make great reality tv oh and i'm like ah. that's so true like absolutely and so i just i don't like watching that because i just feel like almost bad watching it because sure. i'm just kind of like you need help but the one that i actually feel kind of like guilty pleasure is uh keeping up with the kardashians i don't watch it but when i do watch it mm-hmm. i get really into it and the lifestyle that they kind of represent is kind of the opposite of things that I value. So yep. I, I, it's not, so, but it's just so glamorous and pretty and they have so much money and you're just kind of like, it's the fantasy. Um, but I, I hate that I'm like supporting the show because I, do, I don't, like I don't hate the Kardashians. <laughs> I just, I, I just, it's not something like I don't, my values don't line up with with these i don't know do you know what i'm saying like that would be my kind of guilty pleasure would be like watching it and like enjoying keeping up with the kardashians even though these are just not my people you know what i so get it because i hate to admit it i'm one of those two but the whole reason why i started watching it is because my wife loves it so i sort of have that asterisk where i'm not supporting it because my wife would have anyway so i'm just tagging on <laughs> so i feel better like i don't need to take a shower after i watch it sort of thing but i'm like you i delve right into it but I get so into it that it starts frustrating me and I start thinking like I could start giving them advice and start fixing their lives. And it's like, and then I'm like, what am I doing, man? Like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get invested. Right? I'm a fucking empath. I hate it. I'm like, why do you care about everything? <laughs> it's horrible. But I totally get both sides of your, even with you, Cynthia, like the too hot to handles, like love is blind. I know a new season just oh. dropped and it's oh. like, I always say I watch it because of my wife, but you know what? Maybe deep down, if I was still single, I would check out an episode or two. I hate to admit it. <laughs> uh, okay, I remember one that it's it was a guilty pleasure, but it was also like really interesting. The, the Osbournes. Oh, the Osbournes! Yes. That was a good show. Yeah, yeah, love the Osbournes. And Ozzy always had to be subtitled because no one could understand oh God. them. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. I think yeah. they were the original like celebrity uh, reality family, no? Yeah, I think I you're think right. So. Yeah. Right? Something like that. So they're the OGs of it. And now it seems like every celebrity, once either they retire or have kids, there's a show about them. Exactly. I love Sharon Osbourne. Her yeah. and, yeah. oh God, Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner and Sharon Osbourne, they're kind of cut from the same cloth, the like momager um, energy, you know what I mean? Where oh, it's yeah. like they kind of, because you know that she was Ozzy's like band, like manager, yeah. like back in the day. And so for a female Especially to back be then. a manager of like a metal band like that and be right. so successful, I mean, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, just to be able to handle them because like, Bands, I think one of the hardest thing is just them uh, being able to uh, to live with each other. You know, especially back in the day, they were doing drugs, like so many right. freaking drugs, so much alcohol. So you don't even have the mental capacity of taking care of yourself over more being able to have a healthy relationship amongst other people. So to have a woman being able to orchestrate all that, she, she right. has big, big energy for sure. 
Yeah, that's no a, kidding. It's big dick energy. That's that's perfect. Mwah, chef's kiss. Right? <laughs> chef's kiss. No kidding. Yeah, and same thing with Chris Jenner. Like, she's a beast. Like, to take what she started off with and to grow what they... Like, everyone hates on them, myself included. But there's so <laughs> ma- there were so many opportunities for other reality stars to go down the same path. And they never did. So how was Chris able to do it? And not only that, seems like every kid that starts getting in the limelight is more successful than the last... And like just just huge empire that they built literally off people could say sex tape, people could say reality show, whatever you want to say. It doesn't matter. They built something out of nothing. Yeah, but Kylie and Kendall or the so like the younger ones. The two there, younger, yeah. So one of them is like a, a literally a billionaire. Yeah. And I don't know for I don't know why I, for what like I it's her makeup line like, she came up with this popular makeup line and it went it sold like hotcakes man crazy so she's she's just a billionaire because she made she has a very successful just because of makeup I don't think just but I think that's the number one towards it like that's the high percentage of her billion I think I think that their whole uh, model is like uh, get people to talk shit about them you know like with the plastic surgery and all that stuff. I don't I don't think that they are who they are on TV because I don't think they would be as successful as they are right now. I think that that's pure theater because if be, they right? were a bunch of really knowledgeable, successful women, no one would fucking watch because unfortunately, people love to talk shit about women. Unfortunately, women are not funny, women are not smart, either they're sluts or they're too or they're prude so i feel like they were geniuses to get people to constantly talk about them so in order to do that you have to be the worst you know but you can't be the worst and be that successful you know you gotta be disciplined you gotta work hard well of course show that they put on they're evil geniuses yeah 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 that's exactly they really i mean they really are whether you like them or dislike them like we were talking about them. Yep. Exactly. Yep. You got and that right. They, I, I, wasn't it Ryan Seacrest who like cashed in on that? He was the one that was producing them on like E back yep. in the day. So, I mean, he, he must be close to a billionaire at this point because how many seasons do they have? Of, <laughs> there's like 20, 25. So like it's, it's something ridiculous like this. Yeah. Yep. All the seasons. It's crazy. It's so crazy. But again, kudos to them. Okay, one last thing about the Kardashians before we sign off here. Okay, I, I, I have to know if I'm the only one because I've been looking and I can't really find anything. Maybe I just don't know how to Google properly. But is it me or is Chris Jenner transitioning into Michael Jackson? Is she? I haven't seen. I don't know. Like the, Like... The way she dresses. I haven't been keeping up with the Kardashians. I don't know. <laughs> the way she dresses, her hairstyle, like everything. Like if you look at her at a glance, like she has like, she likes to wear like these, I don't know, these coats with like the buckles on the shoulders like Michael Jackson used to have and like all the glitter. And I'm like, what's going on here? The hairstyle, same thing. I'm like, okay. I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious now and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have I'm a Googling look at it. it. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> oh, Googling yeah. it now because I'm like, yeah. is it? Because, I mean, well, first of all, Michael Jackson scares the shit out of me. I want to put that out there. He haunts my dreams. Him and Willem Dafoe, the both of them. Oh, yeah, he's, uh, he's a scary-looking uh, dude. Yeah, did you see him in Poor Things where he was, like, a, a mad scientist and he had, like, this, like, Franken face? And I'm like, perfect, they didn't have to put any makeup on him. Like, he is absolutely terrifying. He haunts my dreams. And... <laughs> Oh, it's like the villain for sure. Oh yeah, she. Do you know what it is? I think it's just maybe she just in the photo that I'm looking at. Okay. I think maybe she just had like a fresh facelift. I think that's maybe that's what it is. Because Michael Jackson, seriously, like his face was falling off at one point. Like it was. It, do you remember that? Like he had like the tip the end. of his like gone at yeah. one point, and like. It was it was completely fu- like that man was he looked like an he looked like he had a head transplant. That so I I wouldn't go that far with her because she just kind of looks like Joan Rivers. <laughs> there we have it. There we have it. 
You tried to fix it and you made it worse. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but I feel like with Michael, I, I just saw the Michael Jackson, the, the, the musical. Okay. And uh, the, the it, no, it was really good. And the, the thing is, I feel like with, with him, he, he had so much pressure from everyone to be who they wanted him to be. For example, right, when he was growing up, Like people saying, oh, you're ugly, big nose. And when he got the plastic surgery, he's like, why did you get a surgery? And they're like, I thought that's what you want me to do. And he mm -hmm. was constantly on pain medication and so much that's heavy tough. medication. And the problem is when you have heavy medication, your gut bacteria, it, you don't have a good gut bacteria. So you don't produce good collagen for your skin. Uh, uh, your bones are weak. So he was dying slowly dying but he was a money machine so nobody actually i, I know you're doing the face you don't like that but yeah. I, I, no honestly, i'm saying it's sad it's it's sad oh, it really yeah. is but like i don't know i i hope i really really hope that all like you know the allegations were not true because i've been a fan ever since i was really 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 sure. little you know Billions but it's, it's just a sad story you know with him yeah. with Brittany, you know when the family just sees you as yep. like You know, all these child stars, uh, a money making machine. Yeah, like Britney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Well, you know what else is unfortunate? That the podcast is coming to an end. Thank you very much for being here, my friends, today, Cynthia, for filling in oh, for I Jake because he doesn't want to be seen beside Kyle for some odd reason. So you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got what, well, but the star of the show is is truly Cynthia for filling in for my my manager. And also being like, I've never seen this, but like, let's talk about it. So I appreciate that you, you joined us, Cynthia. Yes. My pleasure, Kyle. And whenever you come to LA, let me know. And when I go to Canada, I'll let you know. Let me know. I would love that. Uh, two, and we'll go grab one drink or two. <laughs> yes, maybe five. <laughs> yes, I like that. Yes. <laughs> There you go. Okay, well, Kyle, I'll start off with you. What do you want to promote? How, what, how do you want people to find you on the socials? Floor's all yours. Okay, is that, are we... <laughs> That's it. We're done. It's, I'm, frozen. it's over. Yeah, I was I'm like, okay, is that, was that the sign up? Are we, yeah. That's it. Promote your shit and let's get out of here. Okay, so some things that I want to promote. Um, if you are in Canada, actually, I think you can even watch this on YouTube. Uh, you just have to pay like two bucks to watch it or something. But uh, I do have a Just for Laughs comedy special um, that was uh, very successful in Canada. It was one of the most successful stand-up comedy specials in the country. I went to number two in trending in Canada. I got beat by RuPaul's Drag Race. She's a cunt. We don't have to talk about it. Um... <laughs> And I also have a comedy album streaming literally everywhere, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, wherever it is that you stream. Uh, it's called Kyle Brownrigg, A Liability. It is uh, up for Comedy Album of the Year at this year's Junos. And uh, check it out. What about the socials? You want people to contact oh, it's you? it's just Kyle Brownrigg on everything. Okay. I'm so easy to find. Which actually, now that we've been talking about like murder documentaries, oh is troubling. <laughs> But I mean, I'm so easy to find. Awesome. How about you, Cynthia? <laughs> Anything you want to promote? Socials? Uh, yeah. So my uh, Instagram is Cynthia Brazil. My mom couldn't spell, so let me spell it for you. It's C I not Y C I N T H Y A B R A. S I double L. Um, I currently I, I audition for America's Got Talent, so maybe in a couple of weeks I'm gonna go on TV and audition for comedy over there. Um, nice. I got shows coming up in Texas, Arizona, San Diego, but I post everything on on Instagram. That's it. Nice. And for myself, you can follow me on Instagram and X under Finger Styles, or you can follow the podcast on X, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please support those fine sponsors because if it helps them, almost definitely helps me out. And most importantly, please rate, subscribe, review on all the major platforms. All right. One last question before I let you two go. We talked about, you know, crime docs. We talked about reality shows, guilty pleasures. How about this? If you were be able, I know, Cynthia, you're auditioning for America's Got Talent, but if you were able to choose any dating reality show to be on which one would you guys choose Kyle you go first <laughs> um 
I actually think I would make really funny reality TV because I don't, I would just talk shit about everyone. So I would be like the villain of the season. So I think the bachelor, if they had like a gay bachelor, but the format wouldn't work because all the guys would just lose interest with each other and then just fuck everybody else. Like, you know what I mean? So it it wouldn't work, but the bachelor. Yeah. I think I'd be good on that. (laughs) There you go. I think, uh, I would just be cracking jokes because that, that's who I am. I, I'm a clown, but I think Love Island would be the most neutral one. And I'm saying that because when I watched one, I saw CJ Franco for the first time. I didn't know she was a comedian. And after she came out of it, she she blew up, right? Mm. I wouldn't do it. I received a proposition to go to a dating show, but I would do... America's Got Talent, but you ask on the dating, that would be long story long is never short with me, sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. On that note, <laughs> she's Cynthia, he's Kyle, I'm Steve, this is the podcast. Peace. Peace. Bye.